Hey everybody, the SWP is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford, where you can custom order your next Ford vehicle to ensure you get the exact vehicle you want at the right time. Easy steps. Jump online at jimkford.com, select your vehicle, choose your model, trim, and options. Then the Jim K. Ford team will contact you to confirm your selections and pricing and answer all your questions before your order is placed. Easy as that. Your vehicle created your way. Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or jimkford.com. I dealt with an SWP listener just the other day. They had the wife's car with one company, the house was with another, and the husband's car was with a third. The fourth policy was fine for the cottage in Quebec. Anyways, now they know, and we've got an amalgamated plan going forward. We even saved a whack of money doing it. Text me, Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, 613-801-2659. Your modern boutique broker. The SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. Well, hello again. It is the Steve Warren Project. Steve and Jimmy checking in on you. See what's going on. It's another uh, glorious show on the way. We've got lots to get to. The NHL playoffs. What a start for the NHL Western Final. Old school hockey. We'll get into that. And uh, Dustin Johnson, one of Jimmy's pals, ruffling some feathers on the PGA Tour. All that and more. Marty St. Louis, by the way, back with the Montreal Canadiens. James, how are things today? Well, Stevie, uh, things are fine. How about you? Very good, thanks. Yeah, good. I'm. Uh, I got uh, turned down when I uh, put my application in uh, to a driving school, Steve, to be an instructor. Oh, it seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I can't. Think you, uh, I can't believe I can't, they didn't. Uh, I, yeah, I can't believe they they wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, How you feeling today? Is no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. You know, taking the taking the uh, sling on and off. You know, I live alone, so. Uh, that's what the doctor would certainly recommend, right? Yeah. The doctor would be all over that. Yeah, you uh, you just got freight trained almost by a by a speeding vehicle, big truck, in fact, and uh, lucky to be alive. But uh, you know what? Just consider that sling optional. Yeah, yeah, right. So, Jeez. Uh, anyway, I'm fine. You know, good. It's it's just getting it on and off. And well, you've been injured, and 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 so when you crank it, it's about. Uh, you know, it's about a 90-second words that you would never say at the bar with your buddies. Like, <laughs> right. When you crank. Anyway, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm getting my... I've stopped crying, Stevie, with being overwhelmed with that I'm still alive. So I got my feet under me. It's all good. And then when I heard Dustin uh, was going over to that tour, you were just telling me it's about $250 million or something up for grabs for... What, I don't know, five, five, six, seven events or something? Is that what eight it is? Events. Eight, eight events. Eight events, yeah. Oh, eight events. Yeah. Oh, Christ. Okay, well, that uh, that screws up all the math. Uh, I'm just waiting for Dustin to make a, my mortgage payment. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old school reference there, right? Back in the day when I was... Uh... It was great. It was great, all that talk. And, you know, we had the great one on for all those years and... And blah, 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 blah. It was always fantastic, right? It was a smash hit. And then uh, I think we finished the interview. I mean, you went, uh, Jimmy, I got a question for you. Ah, fire, Stevie. Yeah. Did you ever uh, fix you up a little bit there in your mortgage payment? I said, pardon? <laughs> uh, no. Well, I, if I had Gretzky's <laughs> money, I would be 
Chucking it I'd, around pretty nicely. I'd burn yours, yeah. Anyway, uh, kind of interesting, eh? That thing, uh, um, it's kind of, you know, why are guys doing it? And uh, we go, well, go back to the first thing there, the 250 mil. Yeah. Um, it can only be for money, Steve, because they're, you know, he's the, he's the highest ranked guy. He's 13th in the world uh, to step aside or, or, you know, to go play in this thing. I don't know what it allows them, Steve, to play in the other majors. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have the PGA slightly over a barrel because they want these guys to play in the majors. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a cash grab, I guess, but who, who amongst us, no matter how much money you make, Stevie, it's always tough to turn down. It's, it's probably guaranteed money too, Steve. You know, it's like every once in a while, right? You'll see these European events and you, you kind of glance at it. What's going on in the, you know, and you go to the golf channel app and, and then you'll see like, what's Patrick Reed doing over there? Right? Well, that, that's usually because it's guaranteed dough that they, right. you know, you come over and we're going to guarantee you money. Um, so the the only thing, Stevie, I guess, as a golf fan like you are and I am, this breakaway tour uh, is there always going to be sort of an asterisk be, beside both? If you win that event in London on the LIV tour or whatever that is, I, I I don't know. Is that is that like fifty five? Is that a Roman numeral thing? Or if I'm saying that right, 55? it's live. <laughs> Live. Okay, so it's this live tour. So there might always be an asterisk, Stevie, beside that one because you're going, yeah, well, not all the guys were there, right? And and then conversely, when a, when someone wins a PGA Tour event, I'm going to go, yeah, but hang on, Dustin and, and you know, a bunch of other guys were didn't play in it, you know? So will it harm the viewership of golf, Stevie? I I think it will. I I don't know. I don't know. As I'm a not fan, sure I'm ready I don't to like make that. As a, you know, as a fan, it just seemed, you know, it was such an unnecessary evil. You know, the 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 cash, you know, the Saudis have been doing this for a while, and and they got unlimited, excuse the pun, unlimited bullets, man, money wise, right? Mm-hmm. Just throwing another clip. What do you need? Another billion? What do you want? Half billion? What yep. do you need? Thirteen zillion to do it? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got that. You do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And plenty in the tank, boys. Okay, and plenty yeah. in the tank. So, I don't know. What do you think of it? What do you think of it? It just doesn't mean anything to me. It's it's a rival league, and I just, I really can't embrace it. That's why I couldn't, you know, the FedEx Cup, when it came out of the blue, what do you think, 10, 15 years ago? How long have they been doing the FedEx uh, Cup now? At least, yeah. At yeah. least, I think. Yeah. So, when it came out, though, it was just like, it seemed like a cash grab. You're basically doing... You know, something that's effectively their playoffs and, and their championship. But uh, because it was so new and fresh, I had no interest in it. As time marches on, you know, it's starting to grab me a little bit because it's a tradition is forming here. And any new league that comes along, uh, I just, I can't really embrace it. So if you win the Live Tour event, and I don't know what the, I know what the, per, the purse is 255 255 million over eight years or over eight events. I don't know what like the winner will get for one event, but I imagine it's well beyond anything on the PGA tour. So it just seems like a cash grab right now. There's no prestige for me in winning any of these events, but uh, you know, as time marches on that could evolve and change like the FedEx cup and you do have some names. I mean, there's, so as, as mentioned off the top, Dustin Johnson is going to play on this live tour. So RBC has said, screw you. Uh, I think I, I think it's interrupting. I think he's going to play the same week that the RBC 
Canadian Open is happening. So that's a big loss for them. So Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, they're going to play in the Live Golf Invitational Series opener. And some of the other names would include, let me grab them for you here. I just had it here. What happened here? Ian Poulter, Martin Keimer, Lee Westwood, Kevin Mm -hmm. Na. So some pretty good names that are going on right there. There's some other guys that uh, are European. There's some from weaker tours. There are some amateurs and young ones that are not established as of yet. So um, it's um, they've done a good job attracting as many good players as they can to their first event. But to answer your question in a long rounded way, uh, I don't have any interest as a golf fan because right. I'm I'm a PGA guy. So you go, well, who's missing from it? You know, and you go, uh, I don't know, just just a bunch of no namers like John Rom, Shuffley, Shoffley. Scheffler, okay, this guy's just ripping it up. Uh, the guy who just won, Sam Burns, uh, you know, Rory. Thomas. You know, J- Justin Thomas, Rory, you know, Jordan Spieth, on mm-hmm. and on and on, right? So, but but here's the thing, Stevie. You know, everyone everyone's kind of blaming the players, and I, I kind of myself, right, going, okay, you're just going after the cash. Here's the math on that cash, Stevie. So a PGA event... Uh, total prize pool is usually, I, I think it's like $5 million, okay? Mm-hmm. The winners get a million or a million two. So do $250 million divided by eight, okay? And you're into 30-plus million in prize money. Right. Okay? Six times the amount of money, okay? And, Stevie, smaller fields, okay? Right. Smaller fields. So you're, you're okay. So... Here was the cash grab. It's like, you know, so the PGA may come out and go, okay, this is just a, this is just a, you know, a, you know, prostituting yourselves, you guys with all this money. And I'm going, you brought up the FedEx Cup, okay? So when the FedEx Cup came along, everyone's like, what a cash grab by the players. Well, let's back up a minute. The biggest cash grab was by the PGA Tour to take the dough that FedEx threw at them. You know, right. the re- I was talking to Wink, I think it's Wink- Hinkleman or Winkleman, Dustin's agent about that. And he's like, you know, everyone's confused by it, the FedEx. It's like, why are they doing this? It's, you know, do they really need that kind of money? You know, they're making big dough. And the reason is because FedEx at the time gave them 30 million bucks or something. Right. And what does the PGA Tour do? Okay, we're going to come up with something. You know, we're going to we're going to come up with some idea, you know, to to do this. And, and, and probably the deal's way more than that, Stevie, you know. There'd be the sponsorship money and then the prize money for it, you know? So so it's really the PGA, ironically, who said, you come at us with a deal and we'll, and we'll make it work, you know? So don't, so don't blame all these players all the time for this thing. They did that. And, and think of this, Stevie. Uh, a bunch of U- UPS, for example, sponsors a few guys. Uh, you know, the most notable is Louis Oosthuizen, who, who I, you know, just by memory, he's had that UPS logo on his shirt forever. And so now you're UPS. You, you jump in, go, yeah, this is great. There's no conflict of interest, yeah, and that, which is a big thing, right, for a sponsor, okay? It's, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And so they, they look at it and go, okay, we'll do that. And then whammo, oh, by the way, we just signed a giant deal with FedEx, you know? I go, well, th- thanks for that, you know? So right. I, I see some pushback a little bit, right? Or, or you know, th- these things are only a problem, Steve, until they become a problem. Right. And there's going to be a bunch of shit to iron out with this thing. But um, 
I just I I I I just always look at it going like you, going yeah he won but, but, you know, it's not the best in the world anymore, you know. Right now you're splitting both tours, Steve. You know now you got yeah. now you got need either one. You know it's like, I don't know, it's like leaving a Tampa. You know they're gonna go over and play in the KHL. You know for a while because they're you know guaranteed money and, but the NHL is not gonna allow them to to going to playoffs right It'd be like- yeah, and that's a good example because i think the average nhl fan if the khl were offering a you know a, a massive purse for their championship and tampa went over there and won it well good for them they they got more money than they would have gotten winning a stanley cup uh but it wouldn't mean anything to me as a fan and just as you were talking i, I went and looked up what the purses were um they're a little more than you think in the pga Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I think you put it at about five million. Uh, I would say that would be one of the lowest ones. So the worst purse on the PGA Tour is the Barracuda Championship at three point seven million, but it progresses very quickly. The mid-tier ones are between eight and ten million, oh, okay. and then of course you have, you know, the BMW Championship is fifteen mil, and then you have the Players Championship at twenty mil, the Tour Championship seventy-five mil. And first place is seventeen point five million in that one. So that one's head and shoulders above the rest. But on average, just eyeballing it, I think you're looking at somewhere between ten and twelve million dollars as a purse on the PGA Tour. That's still substantially below the you know as we uh, put it about thirty million dollar purse per on the Live Tour. Did you say the Tour Championship has just slid some numbers at me? There is seventy five million. Yes, sir. So that's the final where it's at Eastlake, where they have the playdowns. Right. So that that may include that FedEx money. It does. Yeah, okay. So yeah. either way, it's like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be too choppy. I, um, you know, is it begging Steve for, uh, you know, the bubble's always going to burst for the PGA Tour, right? They've got the monopoly on it. It's been the best thing, of, you know, since muffins, man, when, it, when you know, for, for golf fans. Muffins? Yeah. <laughs> That's, okay. That's all right. Go ahead. I, know, I heard that the other day. Uh, um, are, are they automatically, Steve, going to look at this thing going, okay, here's the elephant in the room, Stevie. Here's the elephant. Merger. Merge. Right? We got to yeah, work maybe. with these guys, you know. Cash is king, man. Cash is king, right? So uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see to, to what happens, so. All right, let's get away from the golf talk. We've got way too much hockey going on for this much golf talk. So when we return, we'll get into a wild game one in the NHL Western final. First, I want to remind everybody, show is brought to you by All Insurance Ontario and Jim K. Ford. If you're thinking about a nice used vehicle for the summer, but maybe a little uncertain about it, you want to make a smart choice, well, Jim K. Ford removes all your worries. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa certified pre-owned Ford dealer. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage? Vehicle history report of the vehicle, purchase financing rates from 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is peace of mind. Check out JimKFord.com today. They're located at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans or JimKFord.com. Insurance is very expensive, and it's my job to save you money. If you can't save money, why would you buy from me? You have plenty of options, so make me one and you'll see why. Text quote to 613-860-6008 to get started. We can spend 10 minutes to connect and I'll email you a personalized quote. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. All right, let's get into the hockey talk. There's way too much hockey 
going on right now. And the uh, your Oilers had a, another wild one, another game one that went just bonkers. Mm-hmm. So two weeks ago tonight, Jimmy, yes. it was a 9-6 game, Calgary beating Edmonton in game one of the, uh, I guess that would be the the second round, we'll call it that. So game one of round three, the conference final in the West. It's an eight to six loss for the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> That's just bananas. Connor McDavid, three points. You had uh, Kane and Nugent Hopkins, two points apiece in a loss. And uh, Nathan McKinnon uh, with a big goal in that game. And uh, just, I don't know, across the board. I, 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 I knew it would be a high scoring series. I just didn't think it, uh, <laughs> we'd uh, only be two weeks away from our next 14 goal effort in the NHL. Right. And and Smith gets run again, right? That that that's what happened to him in the first game of the Calgary right. series, I right? Think, right? Or, I don't know, was it L.A. too? I I forget. Uh, gold goaltending is a little suspect. What a, what a game though, right? So everyone's calling for Colorado to beat Edmonton. Yada blobbity blobbity blob. You know, back and forth. They're down by three. They come within two, but Colorado comes right back. So uh, where I start to walk out, Steve, and clean the grill on my barbecue uh, when it's seven three. For right. Colorado, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, eight eighth goal, by the way, by Colorado was an empty netter. So it's like, fuck! I sat down. I'm going, oh, this is nuts again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, they had the chances to win in the final or tie in the final goals minute. Back and forth, yeah, crazy man, crazy. Yeah. Like Calgary, remember what was the thing, Steve? Four goals in a minute and eleven seconds, and yeah, this thing. I mean, people are just ripping goals. <laughs> it's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, a lot but of it's people. Good. Are- yeah, it's good. It's great. I think I think a lot of people have been clamoring for years for this kind of offense, and we're getting it now. It just when it's happening, it's still remains surprising. Again, this seems this is supposed to be the time of year when goals are hard to come by, and right right, right now, I mean, particularly if you've been following the Edmonton Oilers and well Colorado as well, these teams are just scoring at will by comparison. Uh, the the play though that everybody's talking about is Kale McCarr's goal that seemed to come on an offside situation and everybody I think is being schooled on what can qualify as an a non-offside situation and and I'll include myself in that I didn't know this was something you could do um to avoid an offside effectively Kale McCarr has the puck he's about to go over the blue line with the puck into the offensive zone but one of his guys is still offside so what he does is he basically takes his stick off the puck as he crosses the blue line with the puck, doesn't make contact with it until his buddy clears the zone, and then he makes his first contact with the puck, and that means it's onside, and he was able to take a few more strides and absolutely bury one over the shoulder of Mike Smith. And right. I, I, when I first saw it, I think, I think most of the nation, when they first saw it, they probably went, there is no way in hell that is not offside, right? But as it turns out, it is onside. Yeah. What what they, what they missed, Steve? Because they were breaking it down all over the place with the super slow mo and all this shit, right? Um, so you're right. He didn't touch the puck. Think of it. Think of it, Stevie, in a much more obvious situation. So you got a guy in the zone. You're coming across the blue line, and you flip the puck in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you got to wait till the dude gets out. Okay. So everyone's seen that before, the delayed offside, right? Mm-hmm. So they flip it in deep. The guy goes to get the puck. He looks around to make sure the boys got out of the zone and then touches the puck. Fuck, it's very straightforward. 
Yeah. Very it's, straightforward. I don't know. They were really complicating that thing for me. Yet. Uh, but it just, I think it looked initially like Kale McCarr had simply brought it from the neutral zone into the offensive zone and a guy was offside because most of Kale McCarr's body was over the line by the time his buddy cleared out. And that's what was so unusual. It, it, it has happened before, mm-hmm. but it, it did take, uh, yeah, it did take some explaining and, and all that. To me, the bigger picture issue is I'm glad that it basically counted because I don't like offside challenges, right? You never reviews did, yeah. to be pulling things off the board. Like if you're, if if you got a linesman, he's going to take his best shot at keeping it fair to make sure as best as he can with his eyeballs to make sure there was no offside. And if he misses one every once in a while, and it requires as much as a an HD slow motion replay to decide to detect the offside, then it wasn't an advantage for the scoring team anyway, in any way, shape, or form. So I don't think he should be pulling. I don't think offside challenges should be pulling goals off the off the board because it's against the nature of the rule, which of course is lost in time. This mm-hmm. came in in the 1920s, and it was to keep guys from net hanging, net hanging at the right, opposing goalie standing right beside him while the puck is down in other zones of the rink. You don't want that. Nobody wants that. And that's what it's meant to prevent, not to prevent, you know, exciting plays in the game of hockey. Don't you remember street hockey, Steve? Right? Oh, yeah. Throw the sticks, do-do-do, and then, and then someone would yell out for sure going, hey, no cherry picking. Right. No cherry picking, man. Okay? No cherry picking. <laughs> yeah. Just ice the puck, and there's a guy yeah. standing there waiting to stop it at the goal line and then have about right. five minutes by himself in front of the opposing goalie. The NHL doesn't want that, obviously. Yeah. So that's what the point of that. To me, that's what offside is about. Not about these sniveling moments where we have to wait. We you know, get excited about a goal that's scored, and then we have to wait around while we just split hairs and right. nitpick. And just that's not the intent of the rule. Anyway. Yeah, the, and the league got it right, Stevie, when they, you know, they were looking at games, you know, the day of the trap. Uh, you know, or they just, you know, line guys up across the red line and shut everyone down that, that deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's other, there's other moves on the trap, Stevie, that for some reason, I just don't have those down in my mind anyway. Um, (laughs) but what they did, Steve was going, okay, how are we going to get rid of that? You know, it's like, how do you, uh, there, there's illegal defenses. I think Steve in, in football, there's an illegal picks and all this shit in, in basketball and all that stuff. So they come up with the right idea, right? Just go and look at, I know we're gonna, we got to open up the ice. So so get rid of the red line, right? And 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 that was a great move, right? Those those big passes and stuff like that. It was it was smart. So uh, anyway, whatever. Offside's fine, you know. Off offside's fine. I, I and I agree with you, right? You've always been a big advocate of like pile the goals on, man. Let let's keep it. So um, I'd rather see them like you, Steve, err on the side of offense than it would of defense if that makes yeah. any sense yeah yeah and you don't want to you don't want to be taking goals off the boards um and and when i started this I, I mean i've been on this for years about how much i hate offside challenges right. um the, the reality is uh we're getting goals now so i can't complain as much but there was a time when you know, it was a real struggle to score goals in this league um but I can't complain too much about an 8-6 hockey game. Tell you, you can't take that goal away. We're, no, I've got 13 others to enjoy in that game. Right. So what about, all good. Well, I got a question for you then, Steve. So the French Open is on tennis, Roland Garros. Yes. Uh, I think we're done. I think the Canadians are all done. Um, 
So, Stevie, when they came in with the, the, the Cyclops or whatever they called it, the electronic eye, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about line calls, right? Because there's never been bigger controversy and leaving ourselves open for the kill to for matches to be decided by human error with, with line judges, right? And, and then they came up with that brilliant thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great, right? I challenge. Okay, here we go. Zip. You know, when you see the ball you know, expanding when it hits the line. It's amazing. It's amazing what they do. Uh, it, it, it has totally improved that game, right? Totally improved it and, and changed the results uh, and made it fair, right? Made it fair. Um, how far away, Stevie, is baseball from the robo-ump or whatever they're talking about, the robotic ump, you know, because I've been watching a bunch of games, Stevie, and holy man, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, it 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 seems that, um, umpires are calling a lot of strikes that are outside of the strike zone. Right. So I don't know if someone said, okay, we got to end these games quicker or whatever, or we got to, you know, and if I'm the commissioner, I'm like, dudes, we, we want people on base, you know, we want guys swinging away here, you know, we don't, we, right. So. They yeah. I mean, they, it's, I, I, I think technology will continue to roll into sports and that's a good example. I guarantee right. you one day, They'll always have a home plate umpire. That will always be an effect. And mm-hmm. and but that mm-hmm. I think at some stage they turn the balls and strikes over to a computer. They got and, it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I think you still need a home plate umpire to gauge the temperature of a game and uh, whether guys are throwing it. The computer's not going to give you the tone of a game like this thing's heating up. That pitcher right. meant to drill that guy in the ribs with a fastball. Um it's a. I, mean, I just think balls and strikes are just awfully hard to call with a human eye, and uh, right. they do their best, of course. But at some stage, I think it'll be turned over to computers. And and the other thing, Stevie, right? And I hope I don't embarrass myself here, but uh, depending on the size of the player, Steve, mm-hmm. the strike zone changes. Correct? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like you got Aaron Judge in there. The strike zone is from a guy's knees to his, I don't know, his chest. I don't know, like the height of it. Correct. The width would be the same, I guess, but uh, so it's tough on an umpire. You know, you got Alejandro Kirk there, who's five one, and then the, and then you know another is Aaron Judge, who's seven thousand feet tall. You know, it's tough on an umpire. One of my favorite things in the world is watching Kirk run the bases. I know he's I know. a jiggly little bastard as he's coming around the base pass. <laughs> Dude hits homers, Stevie. It's a. I think he's batting like just under three hundred. I didn't. I didn't look today, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason won six in a row now, I think. So, coming alive, good to see for sure. Yeah. Um, Mont- uh, blah, the Montreal Canadiens look like uh, they've uh, decided on their coach. They've signed right. Marty Saint Louis to a three-year extension. Habs finished out the year with a fourteen, nineteen, and four record under Saint Louis, and those mm-hmm. would be just doing quick math. The only 37 games that Saint Louis has ever coached. So it's really difficult to say what a great hire. Right. Uh, I see right. a guy that's uh, five games under 500. They got off to a nice start, but I don't know exactly what to expect from Marty St. Louis moving forward. I will say that that's a guy that made, I think, $70 million as a player mm-hmm. and had a long grind doing the road trips and all that. Right. I always have a, I always have a suspicion that it's a, yeah, there's exemptions, obviously. Steve Eiserman seems to love it. He's uh, been right. a GM for a long time now in the league and he was, a uh, bigger superstar than Marty St. Louis. But these guys who made insane money, they had all the fame, they had all the glory individually and as a team, 
I, I wonder if it's just a passing novelty and uh, guys like Marty Saint-Louis, if things don't go well, and this is a team that's entering a rebuild now, what this will look like to him in a year, year and a half, when he's got $70 million in the bank and he knows he doesn't need this at the right. end of the day. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like, I, I think it's a look and see for both parties, right? I think it's mm-hmm. a look and see for the management, and I think it is for him too, right? So you probably, I don't know, I don't know what he makes probably, probably signs for a million bucks or something or whatever, whatever. Right. Uh, and you go, I, I don't know, what do you think? Well, let's give him a three-year deal. Let's give us an opt-out clause if he's shit. Because uh, you always have the firing clause, Stevie, which, <laughs> which works all the time. But So it looks like a sort of common sense thing, right? No one knows how he's going to do, uh, what sort of roster he's going to have, what sort of trade. So uh, it, it, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. I don't know if I'm talking yeah. per- performance. So, I mean, I'm talking more about what his interest level will be. I mean, we've no, talked about No, I understand about- that. I understand right. that. That's my point, saying, okay, I'm not, you know, I may, I may not, in fairness, right, for a guy to step up if he says that, goes, you know, well, who would ever say that to a team? You know, you'd think most guys were like, I'm in all the way, man, I'm in all the way. But maybe he does say, I don't know, I got to give it a whirl, you know? I yeah, like I mean, it. I like it. You know, I love being here. I love being in Quebec, and, and it's got lots of positive things for him, so. Yeah. But I think it's a wait and see thing. You think about Gretzky? He, did, he coached for a while, but that didn't stick really. Brett Hall as a general manager, that didn't really take. Even right. going back in the day, I think even Rocket Richard, if you want to go old school, there was a guy that I think was the very first head coach of the Quebec Nordiques, and so uh, that didn't take. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I just I have a feeling that uh, there is at least a chance that that may occur for him. Jason Spetz is another guy we could look at. He just mm-hmm. retired a few days ago and then immediately joined the Leafs as – a special assistant to the GM and that might, he might find that that role doesn't suit him with the amount of money that he has in the bank, but uh, you never know. But I thought, you know what? And this week's edition of the suspendables, Russ Courtney made a really good point about why that's such a great hire for the Leafs. You know me, I'm hesitant to talk glowingly of that team, but it really is a great hire because for the very reason that this guy so recently was in that locker room. So if there's still something going on with the Leafs, where something's disjointed, something that maybe the the managers in their suits up in the press box are missing, or even the coaching staff is missing, Jason Spezza might be able to suss out or be able to immediately report to Kyle Dubas about something that's disjointed and deal with it immediately. So, uh, yeah, yeah he, it, that's a great advantage for them. Totally. Think about it, right? Think about it. So this guy just pops his skates off hangs him up to retire, and then immediately goes to this team. And and again, to Russ's point, it's like, you got fresh eyes there, by the way. Yeah. Okay? You got a guy who, who you know, just by nature of, of playing hockey till yesterday, okay, has got the automatic scouting report on all these guys, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, okay, Scotty Bowman, Glenn Sather, uh, Hitchcock, do you want to hire these guys? Because if you asked any of them, right, they'd all say, Hitchcock, even when he got hired in Edmonton, he's like, I don't know. I got to get to know these guys. I got to look at a bunch of tape. I got to, you know, how do they play? Where's their strengths? All this. And, and Spetsy just whistles in there. can go like this. Okay. You got this guy. No good. He's good. We should look at that guy. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. I get it. It's just, and I wonder if it'll be a trend, Stevie. So maybe waiting, speaking of wait and see how Spetsa does uh, with whatever is, you know, I get his title. Uh, but is he making trades? I, I guess consulting, and we'll see. Yeah, he'd be consulting, we'll I would think. On paper, it looks like a great idea, though. 
according oh, to yeah. us. Oh, yeah. And not just from, I mean, the, the, certainly you talk about that guy's good, that guy's not good. I mean, just the, he's been at people's houses and stuff. He, he'll know, you know, hey, that guy, really good player, but everybody on the team hates him. Right, right. Which is not something a player would report to, to managers. You know, you try and make excuses for your teammates. You're going to battle with them. You're not necessarily going to go into the office and say, hey, everybody hates that guy. Well, Spezza is now taking his jersey off, and he's got a different role with the club now. So he's, I think, more apt to report something like that that, again, maybe management or the coaching staff does not see. Hey, I was over yeah, at his look, house and- having some beers, and and uh, and that guy was busting a move on everybody's wife, or or that guy's an a-hole. We all hate him. So these are all things uh, that, that that's inside intel that not many people could deliver, if any. Yeah. Uh, well, well, look back, Steve. Maybe it's not, you know, uh, look back. And I'm thinking of guys uh, like Luke Robitaille. You know, he was probably around when the, when, when the Kings won. Bill Guerin, uh, Rod uh, Blake, who was the defenseman for uh, L.A.? Rod Blake, he's the L.A. GM. Rod, yeah, Rod Blake. Um, uh, yeah, the other guy in Toronto. Um, Brendan Shanahan. Brendan Shanahan. Those are a bunch of, you know, there is a bunch of guys out there, right, who who launched into that and are having some success, right, at it. So, interesting. Yep, very yeah. interesting. Let's, yeah, let's interesting. Mash, eh? uh, yeah, let's call she? it quits right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she? Uh, I want to do ma. that one. Yeah, she? Ma. One of my favorite Simpsons moments where you've got the lazy police chief, Chief Wiggum, playing cards with the other officers, gets an emergency call. On 911, he doesn't want to answer it, doesn't want to answer the call, but he picks up the phone and goes, Oh, yeah? You got the wrong number. This is 912. Oh, Hangs I up. love that. Hangs oh, up. Ma, she. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, or not congratulations, good luck to Smith Falls' Brooke Henderson as she embarks on Thursday in round one of the U.S. Women's Open. Be nice to see her get back in the winner's circle, make a little dough. Um, But we'll call it quits right there, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget our website is stevewproject.com. If you're liking the show, we'd love to see a little support from you. Be lovely. Be fantastic. Patreon memberships are right there waiting for you. James, enjoy your day, buddy. Steve, you enjoy your day too, buddy. Good night, everybody. Get it? (laughs) You enjoy your day too, buddy. I'll enjoy my day too, buddy. Good night, everybody. Okie dokie. We'll see ya, buddy.